Hi guys, my name is Wale and I'm the leader of Imprint Church and I want to thank you so much for tuning into our online service. If this is your first time, please feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Imprint TV, or you can listen to us on Imprint Podcasts. God bless you guys.
believe the Christian life is a partnership between God and the Christian family, the church. God is the source of all things, including our money, and we give back to him in the form of tithes and offerings. This enables the church to undertake the work to which God has called us, extending the kingdom and giving to his name. You can give by a bank transfer or at weareimprint.org give. So before we dive into today's message, I really just want to thank ST for the amazing word that he brought to us last week, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And honestly, it's so fundamental to our faith. So God bless you, ST. Um, yeah, so I'm going to continue a series that um, we've started, we actually started a few weeks ago, and it's called Redefine a Church. And essentially, it's talking about what does it mean for us to be Christians in this period? What does it mean for us to be a community and a church, especially in this particular season? And the title of today's message is called Our Survival Kit. So I remember there was a time when I was in sixth form. So I went to a really, really academic sixth form. And I actually um, migrated from another secondary school to this sixth form just because of the reputation that I had in terms of results and in terms of that academia. And I remember the first day of that sixth form, everyone was just comparing their results. And I remember hearing like crazy results from some of the students who basically grew up in that school and some of them were getting like 13 A stars, 16 A stars and honestly that's what I was hearing from so many students. And I became friends with a lot of the other external students um, who, who basically came to this school. And I remember in year 11 we had our A-level exams and honestly I wouldn't wish A-level upon anyone like oh boy <laughs> but we had our A-level exams and it was very it was it was it was a very stressful time. I found it very stressful. And everyone and all of my friends found it very stressful, especially just because of the school we went to. Like it was, it was very academic, so the pressure was really high. And I remember we all had our different coping mechanisms in terms of how to survive A-levels. And one of my friends, no exaggeration, became an excessive shopper. So anytime she felt stressed, every time she felt overwhelmed, she would literally go online on ASOS or Zara to basically um, lift up her mood. Another friend of mine um, excessively ate chicken and chips. So if she was um, if she was overwhelmed, she'd just be like, I need chicken and chips and, and, and need to, I need to quickly get some chicken and chips. Another friend of mine became an excessive talker. So literally, you can see and you can literally hear them being overwhelmed just because they were, they were constantly talking. And um, I had another friend as well who would literally punch you. No exaggeration. Like, she, she loved you, she was an amazing friend, but if she was... If she was stressed out, you would you would feel it because she would actually she would actually punch you to release her tension. And for me, and something that I realised is that I became a pacer, literally up to the point that I would just be walking up and down the corridors, especially when I just felt like really really stressed out. And what I realised is that we had our own ways and variations of dealing with our stress and frustration. Some were obviously better than other people, but we realised, I realised especially that we all had um, particular ways that, that we used to cope with our situation and to cope with that season. And to be honest, it's no different till today. We can see all over the world, in the midst of pandemic, either we're filled with fear or not, or completely bored or preoccupied, we all have underlying coping mechanisms that we basically rely on to take us through this season. And in particular, a coping mechanism that doesn't involve God is called the flesh. And some commentators have actually um, termed the flesh as the self-life. So essentially, what is the flesh? So the flesh is a way of life that tries to survive without the sustenance of God. So I love this analogy that Jesus gives. Jesus says, I am the true vine and you are my branches. So essentially, when um, someone is operating in the flesh, what are they doing? They're basically operating in a life distinct from the life source of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is essentially saying that I am, I am the vine, I am the thing that you need to survive on. But when we don't, when we live our lifestyle distinct from Jesus, we're simply just trying to do our best to survive. 
And in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be set free, but not to use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So essentially the flesh is a lifestyle that lives in rebellion to God and that lives distinct, distinctively away from God. So what are the acts of the flesh? So let's turn to Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And a preacher called John Tyson essentially broke down four primal ways that the flesh operates, especially from this particular extract. So the first way is indulgence. So Paul talks about drunkenness and I feel like what Paul is trying to paint a picture, I feel like he's not just necessarily talking about being drunk on wine, but I feel like he's talking about a lifestyle that indulges in different things in order to survive and in order to cope with their particular situation. And there's a running joke that um, a few people in the community have said to me. They said, well, like, every time you're speaking to us, you're always eating. Like, every time you call us, you're always eating. And it's true. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's very true. <laughs> and sometimes I just need to put that bowl of rice down. But in this season, as comical as it sounds, what are we eating and how much are we eating? I read a book um, earlier this week and it essentially said this. Here's a quick... I learned early in life that when I felt low, eating could give me a lift. Eventually, it became a coping mechanism. There is nothing wrong with eating or food, but using it as a way to meet a need such as comfort is acting independently of God. He is the God of all comfort and more than ready to pour it into my life. The problem is, is that these things became flesh patterns, default ways of behaving. So essentially, for this particular person, he was eating, he was consuming a lot of food. So he was, um, in a sense, acting in his flesh because he was using these ways to actually comfort him. And another thing that we can indulge in is an obvious one, Netflix. And as I've mentioned before, what are we watching? How much time are we, are we watching things? Are we watching series? Another um, big thing is social media. Who are we following? Who are we listening to? How long are we scrolling for? And even though these things are not inherently bad, indulging in them, giving yourself over to them, will basically erode your reliance and your trust in God. Another area that the flesh manifests itself is in our sexuality. So Paul talks about, in particular, in Galatians chapter 5, it says the acts of the flesh are, he uses sexual immorality, debauchery, which is lustful and passions, and orgies, which some translation says wild parties. And obviously due to the lockdown, the emphasis in our particular context is not wild parties, but I would like to emphasize on sexual immorality and lustful pleasures. So I remember a friend telling me um, in this season, he said, you know, in this season, we really need to be careful what we're watching because we have so much idle time. And it, it can honestly be a time where lustful pleasures start to, start to rise up to the surface, especially because of what we're watching. And especially just because for many of us, we might not have anything else to do. Another area that the flesh operates is, is in religion. And Paul talks about idolatry. He mentions the word idolatry. So in what way can we be idolatrous in this particular season? Well, a big one is that sometimes we can worship media. We can worship the news. Where BBC News essentially becomes our morning devotional. Where we run to the news to basically see what's happening in the world, which is amazing. But what happens is that because we're constantly feeding ourselves, because it's perhaps the main narrative that we're hearing throughout, throughout that day, it's basically dictating our emotions. Whether we hear something good, we're feeling, we're feeling we're on a high, or whether we hear something bad, we're on a low. Basically, because we're constantly being fed with those things, it's, it's dictating who we're becoming. Or perhaps we're looking to the healthcare system to save us. And obviously, the healthcare system is amazing. It's great. But sometimes we can put our faith in a system rather than the source of life himself, which is God. And that's what the flesh is. 
the temptation to look at things to survive other than God. And the third area that the flesh can manifest itself in is in our relationships. So Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, factions and envy. And for many of us who are at home, we are actually, we're not home alone. We have other family members or perhaps we have um, flatmates or housemates. And especially since we're always constantly together, there's always someone else in our households, we might feel a bit of tension where, okay, the first week was cool, it was nice hanging out with you. The second week I could survive. Okay, the third week you're really starting to annoy me. The fourth week I really wanna just kill you. <laughs> and the reality is, is that in this season, are we being patient with those who are around us? Are we easily getting offended? Are we um, easily getting annoyed by someone? Or perhaps are we stewarding a form of unforgiveness and bitterness towards another person in our house? And I really just wanna encourage us to do this season well. Let's look back at this season where essentially we can say, God, I'm so thankful that you used me to be a peacemaker in my household. And for some of us, perhaps we can even be intentional in blessing our neighbours even if we can't see them. My sister basically told me a story because she's an essential worker, she's a nurse. And one of her neighbours hasn't seen her for four weeks. And the neighbour essentially put a card through the door to, just to say, I'm thinking about you, thank you for everything that you're doing. And obviously that really encouraged and affirmed my sister. So there's little things that we can do even though we can't physically see some of our neighbours. And for example, Paul talks about selfish ambitions. And I think in this season, we need to be intentional not to just look after ourselves, but to also look after the people around us. So a practical way is that if you're ordering food, for example, I know Just Eat has been quite big in this particular period, perhaps order food for other people in your household. If you're living with family, order food for the whole family. If you're living with housemates, order food for, the, for all your housemates and stuff. Or if you're going to the shops, perhaps ask someone else in the household, would you like anything? For many of us, this is obvious, but the thing is that if we're intentional in these little things, then we are walking in line with the Spirit. We're basically um, being intentional, saying, I'm not going to give myself over to selfish ambition. So let's be intentional in this season, not to just think about ourselves. And what is Paul saying? And Paul is essentially saying that this is how we used to walk in. This is how we used to cope with life. But now because we believe in Jesus, those past ways, those, those, those acts of flesh are nailed to the cross. Those ways are dead to us. And he calls us to live in the life-given ways of the Holy Spirit. And as a community, how do we respond? And this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that enjoys, kindness in actions, a life of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self, life was put to death. So self-life, that word again, which is basically termed, which is another term for the flesh. So I'll read that again. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death and, and on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. And I love this verse. So essentially the main emphasis of what Paul is saying is in this verse, verse 25. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. Another translation says, keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul is essentially acknowledging that these fruits in terms of joy, love, peace, patience, Paul is basically acknowledging that it doesn't come instantaneously, that it's not just something that's just automatic, but he's saying it requires cultivation. And essentially, the way we can produce these fruits is when we live a lifestyle in obeying the small convictions of the Holy Spirit. 
And there's been so many times where I felt um, different convictions, especially in this period um, from the Holy Spirit. Where, for example, where the Lord says, yes, son, this particular series is not for you. Skip over this series. Or where he says, maybe you need to slow down without jollof rice, boy. Or perhaps a, a big one where he says, you don't need to take offence. Just let that comment go. And by obeying these small convictions of the Holy Spirit produces a healthy lifestyle. It produces healthy spirituality. Where other people, in, in an analogy sense, look at your tree of life and literally can say, wow, there is so much fruit. I can see love. I can see joy. I can see peace. I can see patience. I can see kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And also, what is our response to one another? Especially as a community, we can't physically see one another. But what is our response? And how do we treat one another? And I feel like Paul actually highlights this in the following chapter, in Galatians chapter 6. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are not, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Woo. So what is our response as a community? Our response is this, especially in this season, we need to walk with one another. We need to be transparent with our struggles and we need to also be open with our wins. And let's love and let's be intentional and love in such a way that no one else is left in the dark. So mandem, if you actually call someone your boy, then especially in this season, let's be intentional to call them up and to actually be like, bro, how are you doing? How are things? And if appropriate, ask them the tough questions. And the, same with, and the same with ladies. If you call someone your girl, call them up, see how they're doing, edify them, and also, if appropriate, ask them the tough question. In this season, I don't believe this is a season for small talk, but it's a season of radical healing and deliverance of our souls. And also, I, I've just been sensing um, just this um, demonic narrative arising up that basically says, that let's just slide away from God in this season. And then when we're out of lockdown, let's just, let me just try and rebuild my relationship with God. Yeah, I just, I just rebuke that in Jesus name, because I believe that God wants to use this season as a time of where we can actually encounter true healing and true intimacy with God. So that's our homework for this week. Let's be intentional in connecting with people, calling them up, video call or whatever, and seeing how they are doing. Let's pray for one another. Let's be transparent. If you are struggling with something, share it with your brother. And also, if you've overcome something, share it with your sister. Let's be a community that really looks after one another, that really covers the back of one another because we are family and we are a body. And the Lord, even in this season, might even um, put people on your heart that you might not necessarily even speak to that often. But I want you to take that bold, bold step and even take that risk of reaching out to people. But I also want to give this instruction, and the instruction is this. Let your love build credibility. So especially if you're not already in relationship with someone, then I'm just going to ask you to just speak, um, just be wise in terms of how you counsel that person. So if you received a revelation that a particular person that you might not be close to is struggling in an area, then I really just want us to be wise in how we actually move in that situation. For example, one area, for example, one thing that we can do is that we can actually share it with someone else that they are close to and they might know the best way to walk with this person and to translate it to them. Or perhaps if you really feel like the Lord is asking you to go and speak to that person, then I'm going to ask you to please speak with deep sensitivity and with great compassion with that person. Amen? Okay, so let me pray for us. Yeah, Father Lord, we thank you that you are God of all. And Father Lord, we thank you that you are a gracious God. And Father Lord, you convict in order to redeem. Yeah, we just sense that, that the Lord is just saying he convicts in order to redeem. 
I felt Lord, I pray for those who perhaps are just struggling in, in different situations, who are just struggling with themselves, with their flesh, who are perhaps looking to other things to survive or to cope in this season that are not from you. Father Lord, I, I just um, pray that right now they will just encounter your mercy in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that this will just be a week where you're just calling them back, where you're just calling them back to you in the name of Jesus. And Father Lord, I just pray against any form of shame. And I pray that right now that every single person I'm just listening to this will just encounter your mercy and your forgiveness afresh in the name of Jesus. And Father Lord, we pray that you will speak to us about one another. That you will just um, give us redemptive narratives that we can just share with one another. Prophetic words that will edify and build one another. And we ask you right now for the boldness and for the confidence to just share your truth, to share your perspective. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say